watching them wrestle and I'm so nervous and I actually remember thinking I'm like praying because you always like pray before you go out for, for a match right particularly a big one and I'm, I remember praying I'm like Lord this is uh, this is Oklahoma they have like you know storms and cyclones and tornadoes whatever they call them down there I said you know uh, if you wanted to send one now it would be okay by me if we could just sort of postpone <laughs> this whole thing and that's how crazy your mind gets to playing with you not the way you want to be thinking actually before the national finals Hey friends, welcome back to the Taylor Blum Project, a show where I interview some of the world's most successful, high achieving and interesting people about how they got to where they're at, the struggles that they had to overcome and any cool stories or pieces of advice that they learned along the way. On today's episode, I have Congressman Jim Jordan, and I'm going to give you a little fun fact about this episode. I wasn't even sure if I wanted to release it because this was my very first official interview. I had done practice interviews before I started this podcast, but Congressman Jordan was my first official one. And this is a shorter interview. I think the running time is maybe 35 to 40 minutes because we were actually up against the gun because he had a national TV appearance right after our interview. And you can tell I'm pretty nervous in this interview. I think in the first five minutes, I asked the same question in two different ways. I messed up the audio a little bit. It took me a couple minutes to get that right. So in the first couple minutes, the audio is kind of fuzzy, but I get it worked out at about the three and a half minute mark. So don't worry. As you listen, it will get better, I promise. But it was a fun interview. It kicked things off on this whole podcast journey. We talk a lot about his wrestling career, which not a lot of people know about. He was a back-to-back NCAA Division I national champion at the University of Wisconsin. So we talk a lot about how he grew up in a wrestling atmosphere and what his dad meant to him when he was a coach when he was younger. And then we obviously talk about his transition into politics as well, which is where he is at now. So this was a fun interview. I hope you enjoy it. I hope you give me the benefit of the doubt for it being my first interview. So without any further ado, here is my conversation with Congressman Jim Jordan. Enjoy. Uh, Congressman Jordan, thank you, first of all, for joining me. Um, As I was going through your history, um, you've had a very successful one. Um, Back in high school in Ohio, four-time state wrestling champ, correct? Mm -hmm. And a record of 150 and one. And the question, first question that comes to my mind is what happened in that one loss? Well, I'm still mad about that. Um, No, it was good for you. Actually, it was my my senior year. Um, You know, most people think... You lose one time. You probably lost freshman or sophomore year, but for me, it was my senior year, halfway through, and um, well, I still wish I would have won. It was the best thing that ever happened because um, I wasn't I wasn't dogging it. I wasn't skipping workouts or anything, but I just didn't have the same intensity. Well, I was going to practice. I still lifting, still running, but just wasn't doing it with the same, you know, same eye of the tiger. And um, the um, so. Um, but you lost, and what happened, I think, is it was good for our team because our, our, our high school wrestling is the big thing. My brother's the coach there. Um, over the last 18 years, he's been the head coach, and they've won the state tournament 18 years in a row. And they're always one of the top top teams. But the first state championship at our school for wrestling was in 1982, that senior year when I lost. And I think after I lost, it helped bring our team together, and we got focused as a team on 
on going to the state tournament and doing something that our school's never done, which is win the state wrestling tournament. So while you never like to lose, um, it's funny how the good Lord works. A lot of times you learn more from the losses than you learn from the wins. And I think that's what happened to me. So you actually lost earlier this season then? Yeah, I lost midway through, um, uh, it was about January, sometime late January, kind of the middle of the season. So then that must have, I assume, helped you lock in a little bit more. Yep. What was kind of going through your head? Yeah, no, exactly. Um, like I said, I'd sort of gotten not, not complacent, not overconfident, just just didn't have the way I was like frame it, didn't have the the eye of the tiger, which you need um, to, I think, excel in just about anything. You need that, that, that intense focus, and I sort of lost some of that. But then after we lost, I think we got it back and – and um, our team went to the state tournament. We won. So now your dad was your first wrestling coach, mm-hmm. correct? Mm-hmm. How was that dynamic? And I kind of know this from personal experience because as I was growing up in yeah. middle school, my dad was also my first basketball coach. And I always felt like he kind of treated me different and more times I thought harsh, whether that oh, was real or perceived. Oh, of course. Uh, how was that for you? My dad's an amazing guy. He was the guy who coached the Little League, Little League baseball team. He's the one, him and my uncle started the wrestling program, the kids' wrestling program in our school. Uh, he was the guy that all my buddies were afraid of, but they all wanted to play for him. They all wanted to wrestle for him, and they'd all sell out for him. And just a super guy. Um, but he was definitely tougher on my brother and I. And, and we'd have batting practice in Little League. Jeff would have to catch half the time, and then I'd have to catch. And all our buddies got to hang out and shag flies and take it easy. And, you know, we had to, like, we had to get – and my dad would pitch to all of us. So, and he was the same in wrestling. But um, he was – you know, I, people ask me all the time, um, what was the biggest win in your wrestling career? And I've been fortunate. I've been able to wrestle – you know, because of wrestling, I've been all over the United States, been to the Soviet Union when it was a Soviet, been to Cuba a few times. Um, but the biggest win for me came when I was a freshman in high school, wrestling in the state tournament, and I was able to win. And I tell people I won mostly because of my dad. And when I really think about it, I won mostly because I was just ignorant. I was just a dumb freshman. I didn't know freshmen weren't supposed to be state champions. I didn't know that, you know, some hillbilly from west central ohio wasn't supposed to beat those good wrestlers from cleveland and akron and canton i didn't know that some some country boy from graham high school wasn't supposed to win all i knew is what my dad told me and he said if you set goals and you work hard good things can happen and i was dumb enough to believe him and 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 it worked and and it was one of those amazing things because it was the first time it really worked where you had the goal you worked hard and you actually accomplished it and for me it was like it, it helps so much in other pursuits and further in wrestling and what, you know, then going on to college and everything else. So, but it never would have happened, but for, um, you know, my dad, my mom was supportive as well, but for my dad kind of being what doing, being and doing what dads, dads do. Right. So now you transition, you're a four time state championship a champion, like you mentioned coming out of high school. And then, um, on a full wrestling scholarship, you decided to go to the university of Wisconsin, Madison. How was that transition for you, you know, being the man coming out of high school, four-time state champ, oh. and then you're going to Wisconsin, and it's a whole different I went up for level. orientation. I went up for orientation in the summer of, after my senior year, summer of 1982, and I went to a workout, um, and my wife, uh, we were, we've been knowing each other since school, since grade school, and we, she went up to the University of Wisconsin as well, and got married uh, between our junior and senior year, but she was up for orientation too, and I, I got... 
I went to a workout, came back, and she asked me how to go, and I said I didn't get a takedown. And so I was I was wrestling some pretty good guys, wrestling a, a guy who was a post grad and another another teammate who, who wound up being an All American uh, on our on our team for uh, three time All American as well. But like you to go from go from high school wrestling where things went pretty well, right, right. to your first kind of real workout at at the collegiate level, uh, to just getting your tail kicked. <laughs> I mean, I was going hard and we doing like this little three man rotation workout we did. It was like, oh, so yeah, it's just, but that's the nature of how it is. It's like when it, you know, to stick with sports, you know, when you go from junior high sports to high school, so it's a step up. You go from high school to college, it's a step up in, in, in the wrestling world. You go from, from college wrestling to international wrestling, it's a step up and you just, you gotta, you gotta adjust. So I'm going against him every day. Obviously, if you look into the future, that must have helped you your first part of your career because then you ended up being a two-time national champion um, in '85 and '86. Correct? Yeah, we had a, we had a good good. I had a great coach. Coach Hellickson was a great coach. I had a great high school coach. My high school coach was just like my dad, old school. Um, and then Coach Hellickson did so many things for us. He helped us. Like Polly, like I said, we, we got married to my junior senior year, and Russ helped us with. You know, we were you know, living on love. We had no money. And so Russ would help us with, um, doing wrestling camps, doing clinics and, and, and so we could put some money away for first year married while we were still in school. But yeah, it was all, all good, but you're right that we had some great workout partners who were able to, you know, you, you had to adjust and move up to that next level. And the best way to do that is going against tough guys in the room. And we had that. So I watched the uh, YouTube video. It's still out there. I don't know if you've seen it of your title match in 85. Yeah. It was against John Smith, correct? Yeah. Who ended up being a uh, Olympian world champion. Yeah. And you took him down. Um, now, obviously, all that's after the fact. You won. You're walking around the mat like you almost can't believe it. Yeah, so I, I got like all the... Yeah. All the hard work pays off, but what were you like before the match as far as the nervousness? And oh. How did you prepare and what was the A couple of interesting, our, our youngest son, who also went to the University of Wisconsin, uh, both our boys wrestled there. Uh, last year, coached for uh, for Coach Smith down at Oklahoma State, so spent a year as, as, a, as one of the assistants there. Um, but to your question beforehand, I was so nervous. This is, this is as true as I'm talking to you right now. I was so nervous. I was the third weight class. I'm sort of the top end of the lightweights. Um, and I'm, I'm getting ready to, I'm watching the match before me. Uh, in fact, the guy wrestling before me were one, one was an Ohio high school guy, Joe McFarland from Michigan. The other one was a guy from Iowa, from Cedar Rapids, Barry Davis wrestling for Iowa. Barry wound up coaching both our boys at Wisconsin. Um, so I'm watching them wrestle and I'm so nervous and I actually remember thinking, I'm like praying cause you always like pray before you go out for, for a match, right. particularly a big one. And I'm, I remember praying, I'm like, Lord, this is, uh, this is Oklahoma. They have like, you know, storms and cyclones and tornadoes, whatever they call them down there. I said, you know, uh, if you wanted to send one now, it would be okay by me if we could just sort of postpone <laughs> this whole thing. That, that's how crazy your mind gets to playing with you. Not the way you want to be thinking, actually, before the national finals. And then, this is this is true, uh, I, Barry Davis hit this nice technique at the end of the match to seal the match. I think he won 7-4. to four. So he's winning by a point, but he hits this nice takedown to just you know ice the match for him. And, and he hit it, and it was so good, so pure. Um, I was just for a moment, like just watching wrestling and just for a split second, you're just like, you're watching wrestling. You're not thinking about 
hopefully there's going to be a cyclone and the, the finals are canceled. You're just like, that was good wrestling. And all of a sudden it just hit me like, well, I just got to go out and wrestle. So let's just go see what happens. And uh, it all worked out. So I, I wrestled a pretty good match and was able to win. So now you go ahead to your senior year um, in 86 and you repeat and are actually a national champion and again how was that preparation going in there because you always hear teams and sports saying well, hey repeating is a lot harder than getting the first one almost because you got that target on your back so what was your preparation going into that year that is the same i, I actually you know i, I thought i was going to move up away class and and <laughs> quickly learned after losing a few matches i better go back down to 134 so i did um the, the thing I guess I would, it, that, that I felt was interesting, both years I had a guy um, from that home state. So the Nationals tournament in 85 was in Oklahoma City, and I had to wrestle a guy from Oklahoma State in the finals. The National tournament in 86 was in Iowa City, and I had to wrestle a guy from Iowa in the finals. So you walk out to wrestle, and the vast majority of the crowd is for the other guy. Um which was just kind of interesting that yeah, just the way that, you know, again, the way the Lord worked it out, you just, I was actually hoping I was going to have Randall, the guy from Iowa in 85, but Smith beat him in the semi. It's always funny how it works. The guy you'd prefer to have in the finals, just, it's always the other guy. Like, right. Yeah. Oh, it never works out the way you want. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to have to beat the guy that I don't want to have to wrestle and I don't want to have to beat, but that's, that's the way it works. So, uh, yeah, you just, you know, it's, for me, it's always the challenge. You set the goal, you work hard and the goal is to be the NCAA champ. You hope you can do it. And, Fortunate enough, it worked out for us a couple of times. Now, I think there's always, you know, when you talk to people such as yourself, there's always a little bit like hindsight bias where you went to Wisconsin, you were already four-time state champ in high school. Like, this was written in the stars. But a lot of people don't see the struggle that it took to get to that point. So what are the ones that come to your mind, the struggles, the obstacles you had to overcome, especially in college at this point, that people just um, don't know about? Well... Uh, freshman year was, I had a good freshman year. Freshman year was fun because no one's expecting you to win. You can just shake hands and let it all hang out and go. Uh, I, I really enjoyed it. Got uh, an infection in my knee, so I had to miss the Big Ten tournament. I was in the hospital the weekend of the Big Ten tournament. It happened Tuesday before the Big Ten, and I was looking forward to competing. Um, so that was disappointing. Didn't get to compete in the Big Ten and the NCAA tournament my freshman year. And then my sophomore year was the disappointing year. If I had it to do over again, I'd have redshirted my sophomore year. I've just redshirted and trained and been better because I didn't train the right way. I wasn't strong enough. And I, I had a good coach, as I said, Coach Hellickson. We're leaving the national tournament my sophomore year. I had placed sixth, but I could have been, I thought I could have done better. I thought I actually had a chance to win it, but just, it had been, it had been tough, but took six and so we're, we're in the airport and I remember coach Alex and look at me and says uh if you're gonna win you gotta get stronger and I I knew it and but it was good to hear him say it so I just made a commitment that day I'm gonna be the strongest guy in the weight class next year at 134 pounds I don't care how big I get in the off season I'm gonna cut back down to 34 and my goal is to be the strongest guy in the weight class when you say strongest guy what is that um, me and especially in a sport like wrestling, I mean, you got to lift a lot harder in the summer and you got to get a lot stronger. And then from back in the day, I was just old school. So it was more deadlift, more bench press, more lat pull. You, just, you got to do it. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I worked on. And my goal was to get big and to get strong and then to get back down to weight and see if I could win it. And it, and it worked out. So when you flip that thinking, especially from your sophomore year, um, how, how much more extra did you do? Like what was your, 
kind of day like as far as you don't want to repeat of your sophomore year? In the off season, it was just every, almost every day you were in the weight room. And then I would run a, just a couple times a week, two or three maybe, just to keep a base level of conditioning. Didn't actually wrestle that much in the in that off season, as I recall. Uh, did some drilling, a little bit of wrestling at, at summer camps. You'd work summer camps, make a few bucks. But you would work the session, get to the weight room, come back, work a session, maybe drill or wrestle a little bit, but not much. Uh, maybe you'd lift five, six days a week, and then the off days you'd run. But it was a lot of lifting. I remember some days... There's a few days you go to the weight room twice a day. You do like a lot of stuff in the morning. The bigger maybe when maybe it was the morning workout was deadlifts and and back work or whatever. And then later that night you're gonna do some shoulders and some some different things. And plus when you're eating good and you're not wrestling and tearing your body down as much, you can really focus on getting strong. And for me that's that was the most important thing. So that's what I focused on. What was your motivation, especially when you say you got in the weight room two times a day? That was very rarely, but there was a few times when you do that. You you slip back for just a little extra supplemental kind of thing you do, but right. What was your what was your motivation for that? Because it's not the bright lights. A lot of people aren't seeing you lift, patting you on the back, saying, "Hey, good job." No, it's 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 always just the goal, you know. Like I don't know, just the challenge of getting to the goal. When you're a kid, you you know you got a few kind of big tournaments you do as a kid. You, you want to win those tournaments. I remember when I was in junior high school, I wanted to win the Bulldog Wrestling Invitational. This one tournament at Milton Union junior high school it was like the kind of big tournament when you're wrestling junior high wrestling when you get to high school let's try to be a state champ when you get to college just try to be the ncaa champ so it was always just the goal and the challenge of trying to trying to get to it um and for me it was like i, I when i was real little i, I knew what i was going to do i knew what i was going to do i was going to play middle linebacker for the pittsburgh steelers like that's what I wanted to do because I grew up in the seventies. I love the Steelers because they won everything, and I can name Terry Bradshaw, Franco Harris, Lynn Swan, Benny Cunningham, Mike Webster was center, Lynn, uh, John Stallworth, uh, Rocky Blyer, all these guys. But my favorite guys were the defense guys. You know, Steel Curtain, Mean Joe Green, LC Green. I can name oh, all yeah. these guys. But my favorite guy was actually the middle linebacker Jack Lambert because he was from like Ohio. He was like a little bit undersized. And he was just tough and like, man, that's, that's what you want to do. But so you could relate to him. Yeah. So it was, but it was like the good Lord had other designs. I'm five, seven and a half on a good day. I'm not going to play football. So yeah, you, our family, my uncles were the first kind of wrestlers at our high school who did well way back in the sixties. Then we had a bunch of my dad's cousins who wrestled. So we just sort of kind of figured, well, we're going to wrestle. And dad figured that was where, we're, where we were sort of athletically inclined to be. So he started the kids program, got us in tournaments. And the next thing you know, we're, we're in wrestling. So you graduated with a degree <laughs> in economics and then went on to get your master's in education and then also got your JD as well, too. What was the plan um, afterwards? Because obviously we know now that you're in politics, you're a congressman, but especially with that degree in economics, and then you get the education Mm -hmm. master's as well. What was your plan? Yeah, I mean, I'm married to Pretty Girl, uh, was going to stay in wrestling forever. I had certain goals I wanted to try to accomplish as an athlete, and then I was going to coach and help student athletes try to get to their goals, and that's what I was doing. I was assistant wrestling. So my coach at Wisconsin came back to he didn't come back to Ohio. I came back, but he went to Ohio to be the uh, head coach at Ohio State when they were trying to upgrade Ohio State wrestling. Ohio high school wrestling was good. Ohio State was bad. And the new athletic director said, this is ridiculous. We got this great high school uh, wrestling in, in our state. We want to we 
Ohio State to be, they're now one of the best programs in the country. Um, so Russ was, Coach Ellickson was hired from Wisconsin to come be the head coach. He asked me to be the assistant. I had just graduated. Well, it was the Tuesday after the national tournament. We're walking into the stadium in Madison, and Russ tells me, he says, I'm going to go be the head coach at Ohio State. I want you to be the assistant. I'm like, well, she says, am. I got a job. You know, let's go. Yeah, and back home. Good. So, it, it, you know, the, the good Lord has been so kind, and we just came back home, and I was doing that. We did that for eight years. Um, we had some good teams. We, we did uh, – there was like a three-year span there where I think we were fourth, fifth, and fifth. Uh, I forget what, which order it was, but we, we we did well. Had a number of all Americans, some national champs, and um, but there comes a point where you either try to go be a head coach in the Big Ten or do something else. And I did that for like eight years. Um, we had kids. You get kids. Uh, you know, family. You start looking at the world different. I was looking for a new challenge. I was starting to get interested in politics. So then I just ran for office and been in some kind of elective office ever since. How was that transition for you um, as far as like taking your bumps early, especially when you first started out in the politics? Because it's kind of a new realm for you being in athletics for the majority of your life and career. Well, it's the same thing. I mean, it, it, a campaign is like a match. It, it's, it's you know, the guy with the most points is going to win the wrestling match. The guy with the most votes is going to win the, 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 the election. So we just looked at it the same way. We had a bunch of good people help us out. And... You know, my attitude is let's just take the same attitude and approach we took to wrestling. Let's just try to outwork them. And so we were knocking on doors. We had a lot of folks help us out and ran for state rep in 94. No one thought we could win. We wound up winning um, in the primary. And where I'm from, it's all about the primary. So we won that primary. And then six years later, ran for the state Senate. That race we were supposed to lose. Two state reps ran. My opponent was uh, uh, in, in house leadership in the state house. He was endorsed by the governor, the speaker of the house, the president of the Senate, the attorney general, the state auditor, congressman named Boehner endorsed him for that state Senate seat. We were supposed to get trounced. And it wound up being, this is back in 2000, uh, wound up being the most expensive state Senate primary in the history of Ohio up to that, up to that point. Um, but we, we did the same thing. Well, they spent like half a million dollars. We raised and spent like 330000 and uh, you learn you learn an important principle. You don't need the most money, but you need enough. And um, we had enough, and we wound up winning uh, almost sixty forty. No one thought we could do it, but we had a just a, you know again the good Lord was looking out for us, and we we worked hard. I knocked on like six thousand doors in Allen County, the big, sort of the biggest county. So right, and then then ran for Congress six years after that, and been in Congress ever since. Wow. So for this next uh, next part, I just want to do kind of like rapid fire questions. Um, okay. If you want to take into a story, by all means, take it wherever you want. So the first one um, now in your current position, who are your mentors that you seek out for advice? Uh, probably, probably other guys in the freedom caucus. Um, Mark Meadows is probably my best friend. Um, but the guys in the freedom caucus, I just, I really enjoy these guys. Um, uh, Rod Blum is, is, is a, a, a guy that I mean, I don't know that, that, Rod's the swamp video stuff that he's doing oh, yeah. is so funny. It's so good, uh, and so Brat and and uh, Perry and Andy Biggs and Labrador who's leaving. Those are those are the guys that that I talk to about things here in Congress. So there are they're your friends. They're your colleagues. They're the guys you're that think like you and are fighting for the same things you're fighting for that I think the American people want us to fight for. What's some of the best advice that they give you? Those guys that you lean on. Um. 
I think it's just the idea that you have someone, there's a camaraderie and there's a trust and you know you can bounce things off. So it's not like necessarily anything specific. It's just we get together, we talk and say, what do you, what do you think about us taking this, this particular uh, – pushing this policy and using this strategy or this particular tactic to accomplish this policy. That's what we try to do. What is the setback, whether it's in your early life in wrestling or now in your political career, what's the setback that you're most proud of that you overcame? Well, um, I don't know. I mean, we talked about it earlier, you know, um, I lost a lot. I've lost lots of wrestling matches. Lost a lot in college and everything else. But in high school, I lost that one. But it was, in many ways, the best thing that ever happened to me. So that that was that was good because I had the goal. I mean, that, that, there had been one other four-time state champ in Ohio before me, and there have been several since. But I wanted to be the first one who did it without losing, and uh, I got close. But then it didn't happen, and so um, you know you can get all negative about something that frankly in the, in, the, in the big scheme is not that important or you can just say, well, well let's learn from it and move on. And, and I think it's been a good strategy. It's the beauty of wrestling. It's the beauty of sports. Um, you know, you want to win every time, but when you lose, learn from it, get back after it and try to win the next one. That's just in wrestling. It's probably as good as anything will teach you, uh, will teach you that concept. Was there ever a moment in time in either of your careers that stick out in your head where you ever, got to a match or route campaigning where you just thought like, man, I don't know if I can do this. Uh, there's times around here. Like I had a big, uh, we had this sort of big fight over the very first debt ceiling vote. So back in 2011 was it, I was running, uh, I was not running, but it was chairman of this organization, uh, Republican study committee. It was a tough time. So there've been some tough, intense times here in Congress, that you look back and like that was pretty intense. When we when we had the whole change in leadership, when Speaker Boehner stepped down, um, tough time. When leadership prior to that went after my good friend Mark Meadows and stripped him of a chairmanship, uh, and then we got him reinstated, just because we understood the rules and we we went to work and I got I got fifteen guys to sign a letter. We met with the chairman and things change. And so there, there's some of those tough times you look back and like, wow, that was pretty intense at the time. But compared to, you know, people who are running a business, people who got difficult health concerns, maybe they got a kid who's really sick in a family or compared to our military and what they have to do when they go fight for our country. You know, I've been pretty fortunate. I don't have anything like, like that. So. What are your daily habits like? And specifically, I'd like you to touch on your workout routine because you look like you're in phenomenal shape and could probably well, still get on the mat that. a little bit right <laughs> now. I'm, I'm smart enough to stay off the mat. Um, so, you, you know, look, we're all sinful, flawed human beings uh, in need of God's grace. Um, and so one of the things I try to do in, in knowing, you know, what, what people are like is I try to be as disciplined as I can be on, you know, so you, you, you I think it's important if you can challenge yourself every day, um, a little bit spiritually, a little bit intellectually, like read something, you know, are you reading something? Uh, you're studying something, you're working on some sort of policy. Um, and then also physically, and then you got your just normal job to do. So I try to do that. I fall short all the time, but, uh, I hardly ever miss my workouts. Um, so in a normal week, I'll work out five times a week, but some weeks four, sometimes six, normally it's five. 
used to be like every day, but now that I'm getting older, I feel, you can just, you got to listen to your body more. Sure, like, you know, yep. sometimes you go two or three days in a row, you're like, I got to take tomorrow off. And then you just take it off and then you come back the next day and you feel like, wow, oh, you feel great. So, um, yeah, you got to work out or you don't think right. So, and I've done something I haven't done in a while. I worked out late last night, late for me about, uh, I got done about eight o'clock and then I worked out this morning. So I, I had two workouts within like 12 hours. Now that I'm old, and that's, that, that's like tough for me because I go pretty hard for an old guy. Um, so yeah, I got to work out. What's your workout routine like? I, I'm, I'm like, I'm, I always do like cardio. I'm, I'm too cardio focused. Uh, so I'll do the, the, like I did the elliptical this morning, 40 minutes hard, get my heart rate. My heart rate for about 30 of those minutes is, is 150, sometimes above 150. Um, so I push it pretty hard, sweating like a horse, like wrestlers sweat, you know, I all sweat all over the ground. I have to get this towel, mop everything up when you're done. So, but my favorite workout's the Airdyne, the old Swin Airdyne bike, because nothing hurts. No one's fighting back like on a wrestling match. And it's not like running where your knee hurts when you're done. So nothing hurts, but you get a great workout. Your heart rate gets up. It's, you, you know, upper body and lower body. So I like that. You told me uh, before we went live here about a gradual incline type workout that you like to do. Can you explain that a little bit? Well, it sounds I, intense. No, I don't know if it's um, just old, but the elliptical all started at, you know, level one and I just keep building every minute, go up, go up a level till I get to level 10. And then I, then, then I'll do maybe a couple minutes above 10, but then I hold it at 10 or above for, for 30. So by the time you get to the end, you're hurting. So for that, that to me is a good hard one where, I like that feeling when you get done, you've done a hard workout and then the way you feel the rest of the day. Um, but I was, one thing it is, the older I get, the more I like working out in the middle of the day. If I can work out at, at lunch hour, that's my favorite. Get up, do some things in the morning like you got to do, get going. And if you can get an hour and 15 minute break in the middle of the day, I love I love working out then better than any other time. So I'm interrupting your workout time right no, now. No, no, no. I, I went early this morning, but I'll fit it in when it fits. But I try to look at my schedule. It's like, if I can do it at noon, I'm going to try to do it then. Your days are so heavily scheduled now. What's something or multiple things that you wish you had more time to do? Oh, I feel fortunate. We, we you know, when I'm home, like this weekend is Memorial Day weekend. Um, our youngest boy is going to be home. And so we'll get to hang out and uh, we'll play some golf and I'll beat my brother-in-law in golf, which will be fun. Uh, and uh, so I like doing things like that uh, when I get a chance. Anything where you can kind of compete a little bit. Uh, I like that. And then just, uh, we'll hang out and watch, uh, the start of the NHL series, probably a little bit on. So I like that when I can hang out with, uh, we have four kids, two grandkids. Um, they're all over the place, but whenever we can spend time with them is what we really like to do. Now I would deem you a very successful person, both in your athletic career and now in your political career too. So when you look back with, um, all that you've done, what gets you excited now? Um, well, trying to accomplish what, what we told the voters we we're going to do, that's the challenge. And to come to this place and stay true to that and see if you can get things done, um, that's what I enjoy. I really enjoy the investigation part of the job. I'm on the oversight and judiciary committees, and so we're always dealing with whatever the latest scandal is as far as, you know, was the IRS targeting scandal a few years ago. Now it's what the FBI did in, in relation to the Clinton investigation and the Trump-Russia investigation. So I really like that. And I also like when you have someone on the witness stand and um, you get a chance to question them. 
uh, particularly if you got someone on the witness stand who I think is not being square with the American people, uh, then I really get fired up. So I really enjoy that. Wherever it gets sort of competitive, I like that. I think it was, I think this is accurate. Uh, I think it was one of the Kennedys um, who who had uh, who said that the the line um, politics is the only game left for grown-ups. and I don't know if that's true or not. And it's not why I'm in politics; it's to accomplish certain things. But there's a competitive aspect to a hearing situation, a campaign situation, trying to get a bill or a policy implemented. There's a competitive component to it that I enjoy. I got two more questions for you, and I know you're extremely busy. Um, what is something at the beginning or the start of this journey that you wish you would have known um, to make things, I don't know if I want to say easier, but maybe for lack of a better term, we'll say easier. Politics? We can do both politics and athletics if you want. Um, I don't know. Um, I, I mean, I, I guess I learned from my dad that... It's not easy. Uh, you know, you want to accomplish anything. I, I learned this a long time ago. Things of importance and significance um, don't just happen. You want to, the only thing free is, is, is the grace we get from God. But everything else requires work, effort, sacrifice, just the way, just the way God made it. So um, I guess I never expected it to be easy. And I got that from my, from my dad, and it was definitely reinforced by our, uh, our high school wrestling coach. I share this story a lot, but it is, it is so, I think so important and so true. Um, our high school wrestling coach, uh, Ron McCon passed away a few years ago from cancer, but was the toughest teacher in our school. And I think he was the toughest wrestling coach in, in, in Ohio. He talked about discipline every day, every single day in classroom he taught chemistry and physics and he would say jordan this isn't any class this is a chemistry class you want to do well in this class it's going to take discipline it's going to take self-discipline about reading the material the night before coming to class prepared you want to do well in my class it's it's going to take discipline and then he would say in the in the wrestling room oh my goodness i can still remember him Self-discipline is the most important character quality. You need to accomplish any goal that's worthwhile to accomplish anything to win it. I'm like, well, that guy shut up. He sounds like my dad. And he had a great definition, and it hangs in our wrestling room. The wrestling room is named the Ron McCunn Wrestling Room. Uh, this big fancy room that we have at our high school. Like I said, they've won the state tournament the last 18 years in a row. But the biggest banner in the room, all these, all these state championship banners, the biggest banner in the room is the one on the front wall. And it says this, discipline, doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it. Ron McCunn. And back in the day, that meant, in simple terms, doing things coach's way when you'd rather do them your way. Meant doing them the right way when you'd rather do them the easy way. Meant doing them the tough way when you'd rather do them the convenient way. And that's the biggest problem we have in culture today is way too many people want to do things the convenient way. And look, we all fall short. I fall short. I have certain standards that you have, you know, we all have certain goals and standards we want for ourselves. And then we fall short and we're like, ah, I screwed up. But the more we can at least strive to, to do it the disciplined way, the more likely we are to do it better. And, and coach taught us that. And it, so it's, it's, there's never an easy way to get to anything that's worthwhile. It's always hard. And I just was fortunate enough to have a dad who understood that and kicked me in the rear when I needed it and taught us that. 
and then a coach, you know, coaches who reinforced it. Wow. That is a great message. Well, so many levels. Again, I I thank the good Lord that, um, you know, my dad was the way he was. We'd have these, uh, maybe you had him with your dad too, uh, Taylor. We had these, uh, sometimes my brother and I would have these come to Jesus meetings with my dad. You know what I mean? And (laughs) I think today sometimes too many boys aren't getting enough, uh, aren't having as, as many come to Jesus meetings as they, as they should. And it, uh, Dad had a way of making you realize there was there was a way that things were going to get done. It was it was his way, not your way. So, and our coaches were the same way. So that was good. Mm-hmm. So last question I got for mm-hmm. you. So, Congressman Jordan, your two-time national champ, four-time high school champion, washed up has been. <laughs> what do you wish people knew about you? I don't know. I'm just a regular guy, you know, a regular guy who married the pretty farm girl down the road. She uh, did a wonderful job with our kids. We're really proud of our kids. Uh, we have two really special uh, son-in-laws about to get a special daughter-in-law, um, two, uh, two granddaughters who were, you know, we think are the greatest in the world. So, um, look, I'm just just a regular guy who... You know, like anyone else, saved by the good grace of uh, of, of the Lord, and, and um, trying to make a difference in Congress, and you know, hopefully, we're having a little bit of success. Well, Mr. Jordan, I know you got a packed day. Um, <laughs> I really appreciate your time. You bet. This is fantastic. Yeah, our pleasure. Keep up the good work, brother. Thank you for tuning in and listening to the Taylor Blum Project. If you enjoyed the show, please share it with all your friends, your coworkers, your family. That and the only other thing I ask of you is leave a review on iTunes. Even if you didn't like it, let me know what you didn't like, what I could have done better. If you liked it, let me know that as well. Any information I can get is great. You can find me on Twitter at Taylor Blum, T-A-Y-L-O-R-B-L-U-M, or you can visit my website, taylorblumproject.com. Thanks for listening.